You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me on Fuel Radio today. My guest is Winston Young. Winston is the founder of Voice Story, which is an event that takes place here in Vancouver. And during our interview, we talk about how Voice Story got its start. We talk about the power of story. And we talk about Winston's own journey, as well as how Winston overcomes or doesn't overcome negativity. I really enjoyed talking with Winston. Once in a while over the past few years, I've had conversations where I just really feel a deep sense of connection and just really love where people are coming from. Often it's with people who are really doing deep work on themselves and becoming more free and then helping others do the same. Winston is one of those people. So I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Winston Young. Before we go any further, if you just want to check out Winston and check out Voice Story, go to voicestory.ca. Now here's my conversation with Winston Young. So Winston, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just diving right in and telling us about Voice Stories, why did you start it, and uh, where are you at today? It, uh, well, Voice Story started off as a, literally as a daydream. I was on a, a Zoom call just like this with um, my men's group brother Albert in Ottawa, and at one point I literally spaced out, had a daydream. He was patient for me to come, waiting for me to come back. And when I did, he asked me what happened. I said, uh, I saw myself walking up on a stage. I see the bright lights, smiling faces. I have a mic in my hand. And he asked, what, are we, what, what am I going to do? I said, I'm going to tell a story. And then from that, um, <laughs> literally within three weeks from that, I, I made it real mm-hmm. and cre- I launched an event in Vancouver. Um, the short version of it is I did it for a year and then I gave the mic away because I go, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this uh, one year test. And then the mic came back into my hands. And then if I, I go, if I'm going to do it again, I'm going to do it differently in the sense. Um, for me, it was really always focused about the speak, not the speaker, but the story itself. Because long after we're gone, the, the stories have impact. And I f- believe my role was to take these stories and share them as far as I can to impact as many people as I can. So that's how that's the that's how it all started. All started from a daydream that I manifested, found a venue, cut the first show going. The the fundamental purpose of me doing that was when I was growing up, I believed I needed permission to speak. And that, that one disbelief has shaped most of my life until I transcended it. And I believe a lot of people have that same dysfunctional belief. So I created a very safe space that it's empowering and I give people permission to speak and to, to share their life experience as they transcended uh, dark times in their life. It's not necessarily all dark times, but a majority of our learning is from trials and tribulations of, of uh, what we don't understand and we get stuck. And 
when we get out, uh, that information is valuable and can save someone else who's stuck in the same emotional space, but they don't see a way out. And by hearing your story, it can get a glimpse of inspiration and the understanding that if, uh, if Winston got out, maybe I can get out too. And that is, that's something that happened to me. Uh, my friend Ruby, Ruby Fremen, <laughs> you can go and check her out. Um, I saw a picture of her one day on Facebook and I said, you look really happy and we connected. And uh, I said, what happened? And she said, I got out of hell. And I asked her, well, I'd like to get out of hell too. <laughs> and from that, uh, we had a very long conversation over the phone and uh, I decided I wanted out. And that was the first decision I made to, uh, to start my walk. And it's yeah, been seven years. That's the quote on your website that I wanted to ask you about. Here's the quote. I'll just read it. It took me. It took many years, but I eventually got out of hell, walked out of my prison, and now living a life with purpose aligned with spirit, body, and mind. So yeah. So it started. What was her name? Did you say her name was Ruby? Ruby Fremen. F R E M O N. Okay. Um, yeah, we were from the. It's, I we were from, we were in the same dark space. Um, mm. And, you know, we had our own unique circumstances, but we uh, gravitated to the same spaces. So I got to know her from that, uh, from that viewpoint. Um, did did like story... jumping down a rabbit hole and not looking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did telling your story and having someone, to, obviously, I'm sure, but maybe you could tell us more about it. Like what helped you get out of that hell? hell? And it's really interesting too. This might be a little bit woo-woo, but I, I had a vision. That I think it was an open, like I was awake. I had a vision after reading a book on um, grace. Some people would call it Extreme Grace by Francis Capon. I can't remember the title of the book, but I had a vision of myself walking out of a, a prison. The prison was like an ancient uh, like just a hole in the wall and I walked out I walked out onto a ledge and then I and then there was an abyss and so it's been a learning process of many many years for me to try and understand what that is all about and what the abyss is all about but when I read that quote on your website I thought this is very similar to my <laughs> to my vision it was I, I think it was an experience of grace and sort of a decision on my part to just to walk out it seemed like I had the power of choice to do that but um, can you relate to that and what was it like for you to walk out of, I, I, of your prison <laughs> I did and there's actually two pieces to this to that story one was when I which turned into a, what people describe as a life coach but I considered her a guide and Working with her, I started unraveling and see, uh, like unraveling the illusions, which are stories that we tell and we, we end up believing. And then did a whole bunch of work healing uh, internally and spiritually. And from that, at one point I said, I'm free. I'm, I'm, I'm out of my, I'm out of this jail that I've created. And then I was walking around and then it wasn't, that was, it, it took another two years before I took a, a course with Anita Anand. Um, and she teaches uh, Brené Brown's work. 
And at that course, they're talking about the arena. And I had no idea what the arena meant. I had no idea who Brenny Brown was. And I had to describe my arena. And I described it like the Coliseum. And the jail that I was in uh, was <laughs> like one of the cages in, inside one of the walls. And every day uh, the, the, the cage would open up, I'd armor out, and I'd go out, and I'd fight. And my opponents for guilt and shame and uh, all the critics and all those voices that you hear in your head that you're not good enough and all and, uh, not smart enough, not pretty enough, not whatever enough. And you go out and you fight. And my, my version is I fight. And if I can beat them, then I have uh, a, a bit of silence to try and find a way out until I'm put back in the, the cage again. So the second part of that, this this massive realization was we're we're sharing in a circle and this lady beside me goes yeah and then sometimes I I just don't go I don't go in and that that didn't register right away and I then I stopped her and said wait a second you said you you don't go in which means you can choose to go in she goes yes and I go which means you can choose to leave. She goes, yes. <laughs> that was, was mind-blowing to me. I, and she, they asked, what, you don't leave? And I go, I never knew I could leave. Yeah. You're and feeling kind of stuck. <laughs> well, what I realized was I left my jail, but I never left the prison. Uh, like I walked out of a jail cell and you're stuck cell. in the prison yeah, yeah. and you're not truly free. You're, you're still in this massive construct that it's just a bigger just a bigger cell. And then came this realization was I created the arena. I could put a slipper machine in the arena. I could put, I can't destroy the arena. I could put an exit there. I can leave. I can enter. I can do whatever I want. I created this entire space that I find myself trapped in. And that was when I was truly free. And then uh, through the through the learnings I've gone through, I've been advised that my goal, my purpose isn't to find freedom. My purpose is to get out of hell, get out of that arena, learn, go back in, and help someone else get out. And then they come out, and then when they, they heal and they learn, then together we go back in and get two more people, four of us, you know, there's four of us and four go in. So there's this constant cycle of going in and bringing people out. It's not about me leaving and then abandoning everyone else that's still stuck in hell. Wow. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're blowing my mind a little bit. I think I, <laughs> I kind of think about, probably my own journey is focused more on myself and getting out of hell and staying out. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I thought about, I, I was in your position. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I can, yeah. I can help other people. You know, my, my coach goes, so who are you helping? <laughs> and I kind of like scratch my head and say, yeah, who am I helping? Cause you're helping yourself get out and you're growing, you're transforming, you're evolving, but who are you helping? And it took me a long time to swallow my, my own pride and say, I actually haven't helped anyone because I'm just so focused on myself. And I just go help someone. <laughs> and I 
didn't understand what that looked like because I'm just so focused on my own uh, my own crap, right? Um, mm-hmm. What would it look like to help someone else with their crap? And it evolved to voice story and to help people understand the stories that they tell and the illusions that they create from them. Nice transition. That transitioned into uh, voice stories. Um, just, just to give us some context, what was like the first two or three voice stories like? Like, how did you get how did you get started? Uh, well, it was the, the the first ones were were t- the first year was tough because I was looking for people, and I had I had an idea of what I what I wanted, and I'm going just stress that this is what I wanted in that first year. And I'm working, uh, I'm working under constraints and and structure and framework uh, that was somewhat rigid. But again, it's like, this is what I wanted. This is how I wanted to be seen. So I was constantly looking for people to share their story it makes sense because we're brand new and who the hell are you? You're, you know, you're not, uh, you're not like Ted or Toastmasters or all these, or the moth or all these established speaking things. And what you're asking people to talk about is kind of like way out there. Um, and it took a long, it took like five or six months before it got started taking traction. But, um, but I go back to, this is what I wanted to do and how I wanted it to look and feel and everything. When I relaunched, when the mic came back and I relaunched it, it was, it went to, it's not about, it's not about me. It's not what about what I want. So I just literally let it go and said, okay, this is, this is about the story. It's not even about the speakers. It, it, we just, we focus directly on the story and we do, we take these stories and we send them all over the place, put them on YouTube, put them on a, cable television just give it away and what happens and when we made that decision it exploded because um simply put i let go of, i let go of control <laughs> it's, uh, it's not it's not about what i want it's like there's bigger plans for this than anything that i could possibly imagine you know, how it evolved from uh where it used to be at club xy to the cult that the story of moving venues itself is uh, is amazing. Uh, now that we're at the coach, and it, it grew even faster. So there's, as I grew and as I see uh, see, see voice story grow, it's taking a life and it's and I just get out of the way <laughs> and, and let it and let it evolve, and I can I can guide it. But I understand very well that it's it's not for me. Not I can't control its growth. I can guide it and say, okay, let's let, here's the grand vision. This is what we want to do, uh, and it's picking up steam very very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I know that before that in the in its first year, I'm I was going out and trying to find like literally trying to find people to fill the next month's show. And this year we relaunched it, the coach in February, and by June we were booked for all 2019. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. like people are coming to us, and then they're going, "What are your themes for 2020? We want to, we want to 
share, we have stories I want to share, like what themes do you have? And that was mind boggling, the, the, the shift from, from, I guess, a lack perspective where I'm constantly looking to, for people to speak to people coming up and saying, I, I have a story to share. I've, I found you guys. I saw a video. I have a story I want to share. And that really, res- it resonates hard with me uh, when I introduce a speaker that says, this person, I don't know where they came from, but they said, I have a story to share. And uh, the impact that they have is uh, on themselves and on the audience is amazing. That's cool. Hey, there's a couple things I want to go back over. Uh, one, you mentioned some of the, the other, uh, you know, speaking things like the moth and TED Talks and that sort of thing. What, um, what differentiates voice stories from, from some of those other uh, speaking? Uh, well, we're not about perfection and poise and uh, word cadence and eliminating <laughs> pauses. Ways and, all. Uh, uh, yeah. and it's definitely not about sharing content. It's, we're not talking about um, a theme or a topic. We're, we're, this, the moment is for someone to share, uh, share a moment of their lives where uh, they were stuck in a dark, emotional space and believe that no one understands, no one cares, no one gets it. They feel all alone and that uh, the world's collapsing around them. But somehow they transcended that. They, they got out, they learned from it, and uh, most of us just take that moment and put it aside. And then they continue on with their, their life journey. Um, what we ask them or what we invite them to do is to go and share that moment because there's someone else out there right now in the world is is in the same emotional space. Circumstances are unique to them, but emotionally almost identical. And by hearing your story of how you, you know, transcended this moment can inspire them to take that first step of action to transcend their moment. And that's, I believe is the difference because that we, ha- we allow for a level of vulnerability, authenticity, and rawness that I haven't experienced on a, on someone else's stage it, because it's not about, it's not about them. And uh, when I work with speakers on their story and then they go, yeah, it's not about who you are. <laughs> it's about what you experience. So you can go and gift this, Gift this moment to someone to save them. <laughs> and uh, that's really as simple as that. At the end of the day, if you knew that the story that you shared helped someone get out of that hole that they're in, what's that worth to you? <laughs> yeah, cool. I think I get it now. I, I really wasn't. I, I sort of got it before and, and in my research, but I didn't see how uh, what you're doing could be differentiated or different from what some of the other things that are out there. But I definitely, well, uh, I definitely see it now. Yeah. Well, the, what I mentioned to someone else was I, I love inspirational stories as much as anybody, but there's only so much inspiration that someone can take because the world's not like that. Like the world's just not all these great stories of triumph and greatness and a, a, 
figuring out adversity and everything, you know, you'll get inspired and then 48 hours later it fizzles out because you're back into your space, you're back into your little hole and you feel all alone. The understanding that I want to bring to people is I'm in the same hole as you are. <laughs> you just can't see it because we're both stuck in the darkness, but I'm here. You're not alone. I'm here with you. And together we can go and try and, and, and figure out how to get out of this space. We might never figure out how to get, get out of this space. But now it's, there's this understanding that you're not alone, that we're here and then there's someone else out here and there's someone else out here. And together we can build community. And if we can't together get out of this space, at least we can together make this space a little bit more pleasant than it was a moment ago when I thought I was all alone. And there's just, there, there is ugliness out in the world. And those stories need to be shared because we can't just take these ugly stories and say, no, we're not going to speak about them. We're not going to talk about them because that doesn't, it doesn't resolve anything uh, by talking about them. It, we, we take away the pain and start healing the trauma and we take away the power that they have over us. Excellent. Yeah, it sounds super powerful. And I, I think I've experienced that in some context before where you hear someone's story and you all of a sudden feel like where they're super vulnerable and you go, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who is going through this or has gone through that, that, this. It's, that's a very powerful and helpful and healing experience. Um, yeah, I, th I think sometimes, especially in this, in our day and age, people feel so isolated, even though there's so much information and, and yeah. all kinds of other stuff. But uh, <laughs> well, what, what comes up for me when you t talk about that, the image was uh, last, well, ironically, I'm wearing the t-shirt. It was not planned. I, I ran my first marathon in May this year. And there, there were points where I go, I, I can't, it's not like I can't do this. I'm going, why, like, why am I doing this? It's, it's gotten to a point where it's no longer fun. And then this little, little old lady, it's, it's like the rabbit, the turtle, the rabbit scenario. I run by her and then she would just slowly chug on by and she just keeps going. And I go, if she can do it, then I could do this. And then, you know, I run and I pass her again and then I take a break and then she chug on by again. And slowly but surely we both cross the finish line. And I go, it, it's this understanding of, it's like, it's like there, there's inspiration all around us if we choose to see it versus just being stuck in our own little space. And it's what, it's a story I laugh about all the time because <laughs> she, she, like I stopped to take a break. She just ran at her own pace and uh, <laughs> just kept passing me over and over and over again. It was just, is a is a funny moment, and I think back and I can't help but laugh about it. And it's a perfect metaphor for you. For, you mentioned, and we, I can't gloss over it because you say it's quite an amazing story. So we can't just keep going <laughs> without hearing the amazing story and moving to the cult. Where where were you before that, and what could, would you mind sharing that? That's um, well. At, at first, uh, before we even launched, uh, and said, we're going to go to that little metaphysical space again. Um, I had a vision of where it was going to be. I didn't know where this space was. I just had a vision of what it would look like. And then I came from the nightlife world. So I approached a whole bunch of people I knew uh, to see if we could use your venue, use their venues. And then I had a, uh, 
a handful that I could choose from. And then there was this one space, um, unfortunately it's closed now, but it was Club XY at, uh, on Davy and, what was it, on uh, Davy and uh, Ute. And one day uh, I just walked by and the, the, the sandwich board was outside and the gate was open. So I walked up and when I opened the front door and I stood there and I looked down the hallway, it was exactly the same space that I imagined. And I go, it, it has to be here. But I go, I don't know how I'm supposed to uh, get this place. Uh, so I arranged a meeting with uh, the owner at the time, Jennifer Mickey. And we, we chatted and I looked at the space and we walked around and deep down in my gut, I go, there's no way I can afford this space. <laughs> there's just no way. And numbers were not spoken about at all. And uh, I just gulped down the anxiety and just gave into it. And I said, what would it take for me to use this space? And she smiled at me and Jennifer just said, just ask. <laughs> and I go, I would love to use this space. And she, her reply was, and it's yours to use. And, and at that point, I didn't know what she did behind the scenes to help me. Like, here's someone that actually believed in what I was doing. And it, it meant the world to me. Like, I get choked up just telling the story but she yeah it's a moving story yeah. she went out and actually asked um queer prof which was the event that happened after us to give us an hour of their time so like to delay their show an hour oh wow so we could uh, so we could actually have a shot and 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 be there and that that meant the world to me because without that opportunity i don't uh, we wouldn't be who we, where we are now. So I have to give thanks to Jennifer Mickey and uh, Queer Proper helping us out. And yeah. then, uh, then they closed down at uh, New Year's Eve of uh, last of 2018. And now we're like, well, that, that was our home. And, uh, they gave us enough warning. Now we have to find a new home. And uh, I grew up in East Van. And I decided uh, I wanted at the couch, even though I've never, ever set foot in that space. I grew up in East Van believing that, I believed it was a theater that you have to have money to go into. I actually didn't know that it was a community center that we could just uh, walk into and check out. But I had a vision of being in the couch and uh, I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to take no for an answer. And I just kept, uh, kept asking, kept going. And, uh, we made a workout and now here we are four months to the to the end of the year and uh we're looking forward to starting the next season in 2020. yeah very cool i have a couple questions i want to wrap up with but just tell us about the next show yeah i have a couple of other questions one that i've been asking all of my guests okay <laughs> another one mm -hmm. yeah another one just about maybe some of the stories of people who have shared their stories but yeah, tell us about the next show well, the next show, uh, the theme is tell the truth and that whatever those words bring up for you. For me, when I hear those words, it brings up anxiety and, and I flash back to when I was a kid and my, I get in a little, little voice inside me just gets silenced because I was just so terrified of 
telling them the truth because uh, my dysfunctional belief said if you tell them you're just going to get you're just going to get in so much trouble so it's better to not say anything and again that dysfunctional belief shaped uh, very much of my life in you know in in ways that I can only see now so tell the truth that we have uh, six speakers coming up on stage t- telling us a moment of what telling the truth means to them and and that could be that could be just about anything when it comes to the voice story stage it doesn't have to be something inspiring it just has to be something that you live through and that you experience that you believe that uh, the story can help someone and it'll be a very interesting night <laughs> they always are i know is jill prescott still speaking is she one of the yeah jill prescott is speaking uh i i'm not going to take credit for the hashtag tell the truth theme because i borrowed it from her <laughs> <laughs> She's like the ultimate truth teller. I, yeah. I, we, I interviewed her for Fuel Radio, and that, that was the whole. That ended up being the whole subject, or the whole conversation was around telling the truth. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, she is. Uh, she is a, a a wonderful soul, and I'm glad to have crossed paths with her. And uh, it, it is. She has inspired me as well. So yeah, can't wait yeah. to hear what she has to come up with on uh, on the 16th. <laughs> So just a couple of final questions. One is, if, I know it'd be really hard for you to pick one, but um, where t- tell us about one story that, re- that has really stood out to you where it kind of epitomizes voice stories, where that person had a real effect on the audience and you know that someone was maybe, you know, that helped, that their story helped someone else in their journey and that by telling their story, they were really uh, helped as well. Can you can you think of? Some, I know you could probably think of many. Well, I, I there are a lot. The yeah. one that sticks out right away is um, the one I've been talking about a lot. Is uh, Tian Neo Imas spoke uh, on the theme of curiosity, and the message that he shared, which I I haven't stopped sharing since then. It's been uh, months now. Is if we put aside our point of view, our prejudices, our perceptions, and actually listened to what the person in front of us had to say, what could we learn? And who do we see? If we take away all that, all those filters and uh, things that distort our vision, what could, you know, how, how could we connect with that person? And to me, that was just, so eloquent and mind blowing that I I say that to a whole bunch of people. If you just met a total stranger and you took away what your visual bias is and just listen to what they have to say, you don't have to agree with it. You just listen to what they have to say. What could happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and that one's been I I haven't stop thinking about that. I've, I've watched his talk a lot and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you the link so you can yeah, that'd be great. Share, share it with people. Like to, yeah. But that it was such a, 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 I can't, I don't have the words to describe it because it, it just speaks to being yeah. and seeing someone for who they are. And to me, that is uh, voice stories. All, it's, it's about inclusivity and diversity and, sharing and listening and and not 
speaking to be understood, but just speaking who you are and then listening, not with the, the intent to like to reply to someone, but listening to actually understand and taking the moment that they're sharing because they're giving you a glimpse into a world that normally we have no access to. In his case, the, the preface to a story was that he's the first transgender male in BC, Asian male in BC. And then it's like, so here's a glimpse into what he went through, the judgments and, the, and, and all this ugliness to transform him to who he is now. And we get a glimpse into that world if we choose to listen. And uh, yeah, that, that, that to me is, it. Yeah, I, I can't shake it. Like I, I told I don't know, dozens and dozens of people that I, I bump into uh, about checking out that story. And uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Please send the link. We'll, we'll yeah. put it in our show notes for sure. <laughs> sounds, sounds incredible. I know in our last conversation, how are you doing for time? Are you okay? I, I'm, I'm good. How are you doing for time? <laughs> <laughs> I, I often say this, and today I'm going to do it. Like sometimes I just go, I, I could talk to you for a long time, but I cut it short and uh, thinking about the audience. But today I'm going to throw that out the window. I just, if you have, have the time, I'd like to keep talking to you because I just, sure. I, love, I love what you're doing. And yeah. I, in our last conversation, I mentioned that a couple of powerful listening experiences that I had. Um, one was working on the downtown east side for five years and we had sort of this, you know, the typical soup kitchen scenario. And I loved just sitting with, it was very difficult at first, but I loved just sitting with people. You know, there were people that were mentally ill and they obviously didn't want to talk to you. There were other people that just didn't want to talk to you. <laughs> but then there were some people where if you just, I learned to just start the conversation and just talk about the weather and all that kind of stuff. And, once in a while, someone would really open up and share their story. And, and when they did, it kind of made sense that they were, what they were, they were where they were, that they were um, suffering from, from whatever, from drug addiction or alcoholism. Um, but it made it, hearing their story helped to understand all that. And just one quick story from that, there were a couple of ladies that came down and they wanted to help serve in the kitchen and they were awesome you know they were those great hospitable ladies that could really cook you know so they were <laughs> they were great in the kitchen um, but one week I felt led to just say okay you're not going to cook this week you're going to go out and I'd like you to sit with people and just hear their stories and they both came back and said it was one of the most amazing experiences that they ever had I told them how to do it like just talk about the weather and I said some people are going to want to talk some people aren't going to want to talk and when you find somebody that does engage you in conversation and just go for it. And they were absolutely blown away. And what's interesting is it, it was kind of, like, kind of like in the kitchen, they had a safe physical barrier. There was a window and they, they didn't have to necessarily engage. They felt good and they were, you know, making food, which is wonderful. That's great. But they, it was almost like they came path, you know, there was a physical barrier that they had to overcome and actually mm -hmm. go and sit with people and have conversations and, that was a, a powerful example to me of people listening and hearing people's stories. And, you know, so often on the downtown east side, especially people will say, oh yeah, I drive by there all the time. And you don't really have that opportunity to hear people's stories. And 
just, I know it was transformational for me, the conversations that I had, and it was powerful for them as well. And one mm -hmm. more, Winston, just before I, you got me going on a roll here, was in my spiritual direction training, I mentioned to this, this to you before too, was we did these sessions where you would speak for 15 minutes and someone else would listen and they couldn't ask any questions. They weren't supposed to be overly, they could show that they were listening, but they weren't supposed to use too many facial expressions or react to what you were saying. And that was another really powerful listening experience to, to listen and to realize what goes on in your mind and how much you wanted to ask questions and give them feedback. And then also to be listened to like, like you say, um, or like your speaker was, was talking about, it's, it's so rare to have that opportunity to really be listened to, you know? And um, so, yeah, those are the, a couple stories that your story brought up for me. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thanks uh, for letting me. <laughs> uh, your, what, what you described, I, when I was mentoring um, youth, uh, I would, uh, have them make we would make sandwiches and then uh, around uh, the festive season go out and hand them all out with like coffee and socks and stuff and i remember one year it started raining and then uh, one of the students came up and said so how long do we have to do this for and like until you understand and get a feeling for what it's like out here because you can go home after this and uh, you have a warm bed, you have a roof, you have internet, you have food. You have, like right now, we're, we're going to go and you're going to go and th th they're going to be within a couple of feet of you. So that safe space, that comfort space of, oh, they're over there on the other side of the street. Oh, they're over there. And uh, you have to engage. And they're not gonna, well, they're not gonna be nasty or anything. They're probably gonna ask, "Do you have anything other than a peanut butter, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Uh, yeah. Do you have cream and sugar?" Or like it, 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 things that we would just take for granted. Yeah. To them, it's it, it was special. <laughs> like, you know, so would you like? You know, these students would go up and say, "Would you like to have a cup of coffee?" And just look them in the eye when you ask them. And what do you see? And then they just started getting soaked and they were miserable. <laughs> and then I made them, yeah, we didn't go until it was all, everything was handed out and everyone was soaked. And I said, look, you got to experience this for three hours and you're complaining. Mm -hmm. How long do you think these people are out here for? Yeah. And I just want you to reflect on that. And how do those conversations feel? And then, you know, then we, brainstormed the next day and then they wrote uh, they, they, they wrote articles about it and some of the it, it changed them yeah. because now they don't they don't take oh yeah, they're human beings they're people and yes. and the one thing that one one of them said something to the effect now I understand why I don't want to ignore them anymore because I don't want someone to feel invisible. Mm. <laughs> that was like, I like, wow, that's, that's profound. Yeah. And that's going to change. That's going to change you uh, forever. Understanding that what it's like to feel invisible.
I love I love what you said about you mentioned human. You know, the, the, if I think if we can humanize it and and make that human connection that we're all we're all human beings. That that itself is so powerful. You know, it's not it's not us and them or or labeling people on the street a certain way or whatever, but to make that connection that we're all we're all human beings. And I think hearing people's stories really it is a profound element and a big piece of that is when you can hear someone's story and, and what you help them do you I think you help them to relate to what was going on physically and and in, in a lot of different ways. That was that's pretty cool that you uh, you yeah. hung in there for as long as you possibly could. <laughs> well, no, when I speak to them and they tell the story and I, they're in just open, you know, hold the space and listen. But at the end, I would just say, thank you for sharing. I understand. Mm. And I do because I tell people, some people believe me, some people don't. I go, I was one bad decision from being where that person is. Absolutely. Where, where we all are, <laughs> to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. And I look at them and say, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm better than you because I didn't make that decision. It's like, no, I... I, I w- actually would say I was actually scared of what would happen if I did make the decision because I, I was on that precipice of uh, um, maybe life just doesn't give a, give a crap. <laughs> and if I believe that, yeah, I, I could easily have been there. So I don't choose to judge. It's like, yeah, I, I could be, I could be in this space. Thank you for sharing. Now, now I understand. And it's uh, some people, some people take the responsibility and say, yeah, yeah, I made the decision. Here I am. And I'm trying to make the best of it. And some, some choose to live in a slightly alternate reality and it's whatever they choose. But from everything that I've experienced to date, all everyone has stories and we're all seeing and perceiving the world through them. So some people, how can you live like that? Well, yeah, they, they create an alternate reality that they see that you can't see. And it's not as bad as you that we perceive it. And uh, the scary part is, is when we buy into those illusions, uh, what happens next? Mm-hmm. And I'm wanting to help the people that want to break these illusions down to uh, to see the world through uh, without those filters. So the question I've been asking everyone is, you know, how about healthy mind and soul and the way I've been relating it to people or asking it is that like mind and soul are so interconnected (laughs) and it it seems like you are freeing people I'm just wondering and you you've talked about coming out of your own prison you know how are you staying healthy each day and uh, staying on a (laughs) staying on a track where you don't go back into the into the cell, like how do you stay free of negativity? Basically, is how I've been asking the question. Uh, I I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be lying to myself and to everyone if I said that uh, I found a way. I I don't. I there are times when um, all four wheels fall off the wagon, and at first, you know, you you know, you you slip and then you relapse or you you make a decision and. Uh, and then I would beat myself up for it. And then it took a lot of work and then building awareness to, it's okay 
to have the wheels fall off. It's not okay to sit there and give in to the, the crap that you tell yourself that only you hear and is more vicious than anything you'd ever speak to someone and believe that that's true. You know, you can stand there and say, okay, the wheels fell off my wagon and said, well, you're an idiot that you caused this to happen versus taking that same amount of time and going, okay, uh, let's put the wheels back on the wagon and uh, let's get moving again. And the next time, you know, one, three wheels fall off, two wheels fall off, one wheel falls off. Uh, next time you might drive your wagon in, into a wall. It happened. And it's just, I believe that it's shifting, shifting these dips into negativity and learning from it, then being aware that of, oh, right. If I keep going, it's going to go into a negative space. And then having the awareness to say, do I choose to enter this space or do I choose not to enter this space? And either way, I choose and it's no longer this automatic reaction or choice or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm going to go and let's say, you know, for me, I, I stopped drinking. Oh, I, I slipped. I had a drink. What the hell did I do? No, I chose to have that drink or I choose not to have this drink. I choose either way. I'm, uh, I, I'm empowered either way because I made the decision. And that's where I'm at. And it took years to get here. And it's still not perfect by any means because other deeper um, disbeliefs and dysfunctions still exist. So, yeah, when, you, when I get in that space of negativity, it's becoming aware that you're, you're, you're there. Uh, the best way I could describe it is we, we, I go, okay, I'm, I'm in the pool. I'm not drowning anymore. I'm, I'm sitting here treading water. Okay, and I'm treading water for years. And then you become aware and it's like, well, why, why, if I don't want to be treading water, then why am I in the swimming pool? Okay, so your awareness goes up. Why am, why am I in the swimming pool? Well, then the next level of awareness is, why did I go to the swimming pool? <laughs> okay, all right. And then, the, then, then where I'm at right now, and I'm sure there's more, is, why did I choose to go to the swimming pool versus choosing to go to the park or choosing to do this? Like why, why did I make the choice to go there? And you know, I, I haven't gone to level before that, but each one is a level of awareness that when you go, Oh, I don't want to go to, you know, like I go to the swimming pool. I'm going to go to the hot tub right? <laughs> or I'm going to go to the weight room. I'm going to go to the juice bar, but I don't need to jump in the deep end of the swimming pool and, and, struggle and tread water if that's not what I want to be. And uh and that's the best way I can describe it is if you just find yourself just struggling all the time, it's like, well, what why why did you go there? Or are you even aware of why you're there to begin with? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's I heard someone say that Michael Beckwith asked this question. It's uh what's behind that? It's sort of your question. Why did I go there in the first place? So, yeah, I like that. So I hear you sort of describing a process of awareness and maybe investigating it a little bit and then asking yourself, why, why did I choose that in the first place? <laughs> Here, here's one that I'm sure a lot of people do. It's like, it's like uh, 
you find yourself in front of the refrigerator, you walk by and then you open the refrigerator and then you grab something. It's like, are you aware that you actually grabbed something from the refrigerator? <laughs> yeah. Or, and then they go, oh, I have something in my hand. And it's like, well, why, why are you in front of the refrigerator to begin with? Why did you stop? And all these yeah. things, I feel a lot of us, we, it just happens. And it just happens and we just kind of float along and it just happens. You grab an apple, you grab a cracker, whatever, and you keep going. But then it's like to stop for that moment, it's like I really didn't want this apple. <laughs> why, why do I have an apple in my hand? And the, the, the beautiful one I catch myself all the time is I'm on Facebook. It's like I really didn't want to be on Facebook. Why, why is it in front of me all of a sudden? I got to get back to work. And you close it, and the next thing you know, it's popped up again. It's like, why did it pop up again? I really don't want to be on Facebook. Yeah. And, you, and that's when you, when you can find humor in that and not belittle yourself. It's like, I actually really didn't want to do this. And you catch yourself doing it. It, it, get, it gets entertaining because you ask, who's in, who's in control here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. If people want to find out more about Winston, you can go to Voice Stories. .ca. Are there any other links, Winston, that you'd like people to, to check out? They, hopefully, people will go and check. Well, I'm not sure that this will. When, when is the, What's the date of the next show? Uh, September 16th is the next show. And that, okay. is, uh, uh, that is on Tell the Truth. And then the show after that is October 27th. Uh, and that's on mental health. Uh, you can find out information on, uh, on tickets at the coach you can go to their website and on for us it's a uh, voice story uh, ca okay and, yeah, uh, with all, the y right yeah, yeah with the y and all of our information is on there and you could reach out to me and uh to connect and i'd uh, love to hear anyone that has a story to share because we're always looking for people that want to share their story whether or not they do it live at a show or if they wanted uh, do it in written form or if you want to even understand what the story is that you want to tell, yeah, we, we have all sorts of ways and workshops and coaching that we can go and uh, help people with. So if you have a desire to share, uh, let us know. We can help. Yeah, cool. Good. And we'll have links to all of that if you're listening on uh, iTunes or on your Android device or somewhere else on SoundCloud. We'll have links to all of that in our show notes on fuelradio.com. And uh, if, I, if I can just add, if people are curious about uh, the types of stories that are, that are shared, uh, they can go to our um, webpage under speakers, and all the speakers that have ever taken the stage are uh, linked to our YouTube channel as well. So you can get uh, 100 or so different stories from various people from our community and uh, check it out. Excellent. Well, this has been great. I just, I really enjoy talking to you. I, I appreciate your, your journey and your openness with us today and, and your patience. <laughs> I was ready to give up. You hung in there. <laughs> I was ready to give up when I got a message from you. Are you, let me know when you get back on. <laughs> okay. Give this one more try. So yeah, that was a, speaking of marathons, it was a marathon just trying to get on. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Okay. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. You've been listening to Fuel Radio.